What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network on Primetime, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week when we get into the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week segment. We'll talk a little bit about none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Parsons. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, tonight on the show, we've got a couple of injury updates. One of them is more than anything is like a, a legit scare that we had for a few seconds before we calmed down when those updates kept arriving. So we'll, we'll get into those for sure. But then we'll get into the cornerback room because there was an, an, a Jordan Lewis update and it had me thinking a little bit about how it provides an entertaining opportunity. Now, don't get me wrong. Injuries suck. Injuries will always suck. And there will never be anything good about an injury. But, you know, you control what you can control. So the injury happened. And now the Cowboys can make the most out of it by finding out something about their cornerbacks and specifically their cornerback depth. Uh, welcome into the show. Please do Toxic Tom down a burner account a favor and hit the like button. What is up? Uh, what is up, Hector, over at Facebook as well. Uh, Tito, we've got uh, Miller as well, Francisco there. Thank you guys for joining the show. Let's get this one started. A few updates out of training camp for the Cowboys from today's joint practice with the LA Chargers. City Lamp didn't uh, practice on team drills, uh, didn't use his, his feet pretty much. He was in there for hands drills. He was working in his receiving skills, but City Lamp did not practice due to a cut foot, according to Stephen Jones via Calvin Watkins from Dallas Morning News. So, just a little bit of a scare there because at first we didn't know why CeeDee Lamb was not practicing. Uh, we knew it was something foot-related, so it wasn't like the rest of the veteran days that they've given CeeDee Lamb uh, this offseason. So we knew it was different. But even Michael Gelkin from Dallas Morning News tweeted out that maybe thinking of it as an injury was a little bit too much. So it might not be anything serious, uh, maybe CeeDee Lamb was feeling some discomfort due to the cut foot and they said, you know what, why would we uh, risk it? <laughs> We've got, uh, who is it? Uh, Stephen White says, being a diva. Nah, come on, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, he is a wide receiver, so people will will maybe gravitate towards calling him a diva, but I don't think this is him being a, di a diva. Maybe there was some legit discomfort there. Uh, those cut foots can be a pain in the ass. So he gets some rest. Stephen Jones confirmed that he will not practice tomorrow either. So, of course, you know that Dennis Houston will get a little bit more reps. Maybe the same for Jalen Tolbert. And at the end of the day, those are the guys that you want getting reps right now. Uh, let's see. Joey Bella says, did y'all see that post uh, supposedly from Adam Antonio Brown to the Cowboys? I didn't. I'm not. I'm guessing that's not legit, though. Uh, I, I did see that clip from Antonio Brown calling for the Jones to give him a call and, and get him in Dallas. 
you know, Antonio Brown has had such a a weird past couple of years. But I didn't know that supposed uh, about that Adam tweet. Let me know if I missed something for sure. Toxic Tom says, "Look at Mo swearing on the air like a big man." Ah, oh, I, I don't, I don't think that counts as swearing. Toxic Tom, I'm still being a good guy here. Billy Bailey says, "What's up? Uh, thank you for joining the show." So yeah, we'll figure out what happens with the wide receiver position, but we do know that it's nothing to be scared about. There's one other injury that maybe has us a little bit concerned though, and that's Jordan Lewis's because he tweaked a hamstring during today's. Uh, practice according to Michael Gelkin. It was late in today's practice versus the Chargers. I don't know if you guys saw that clip. It was on a uh, there was this clip on Justin Herbert throwing the deep ball versus the Cowboys defense. By the way, big day for the Cowboys defense versus the Chargers uh, this Wednesday. They they got the better of one of the best offenses in the NFL. So. Michael Parsons was getting the pressure. Some of these defensive backs were shining in coverage. But yeah, Justin Herbert throws the the deep ball. Jordan Lewis is kind of rallying towards the football. And you can see the moment in which he kind of stops awkwardly. And at the end of the day, you got to be concerned about those hamstring injuries. It might not be anything that causes long-term concerns for the Cowboys cornerback, but he is a starter on this team, an important one at that. He is a Cowboys nickel cornerback, and while Trevon Diggs and Anthony Brown get most of the glory, he was a big part of the Cowboys' success defensively last year. And, you know, you never like hamstring injuries. Exactly. Uh, Tommy915 hits the nail in the head here. He says, hamstring injuries worry me. Because they can be nagging. They're only supposed to be two-week injuries, but they somehow end up being eight-week injuries here in Dallas. And it really depends case to case. Hamstrings can be, you know, uh, we might go to the to the quote that we used earlier, but they can be very, very, as they say, as you guys said, nagging or, or you know, lingering injuries. So, now you get into a position in which if you're the Cowboys, you maybe want to rest Jordan Lewis as much as you can. Maybe you don't want to see him out there uh, throughout the rest of training camp or even in the preseason. It all depends on how serious it is. It might be something super small that should not worry us at all, but the Cowboys will continue to, to monitor it and they will continue to, to keep a close eye on it. So meanwhile... This provides an entertaining opportunity for the Cowboys because I have a question for you. Deron Bland was the biggest preseason game one winner there was on the Cowboys. Deron Bland positioned himself in the conversation to be the fourth cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys because he put together a very impressive performance in which he showed off change of direction skills, reaction skills, and he showed that he could really translate into a pro with a little bit of time, you know, a starting caliber player. We saw some of the traits that the Cowboys liked uh, out of him in the NFL draft. Now, this is paired with the fact that Nashawn Wright and Kelvin Joseph had a poor performance last Saturday night. 
Having said that, a lot of people have been putting De'Ron Bland in the conversation to be the fourth best cornerback on the team. My question for me to you guys is, though, is it fair or too early to be confident in De'Ron Bland as cornerback number four? Is it fair or too early? Because this is a big conversation right now in Cowboys Nation. And we've only seen one preseason game out of Daron Bland. Lumen says it's fair. Chalk says, yes, it's fair. Uh, Craig says that Joseph was horrible today. I don't know if Craig means that it's fair, though. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but not. Nah. Craig says it's way too early. Jeffrey says too early. Samuel too early. Marcus as well. So, you know, we, we started off with a couple of fair answers, and then we got some balance in the comments. Pass says it was a damn good preseason game. It was. It really was. And it was good enough for, for him to really belong in this conversation. It's not like we are reaching when putting him in it. It's not like we are making too much out of a player that might not even make the roster. No, Bland has been putting together a strong training camp all summer. And then he backed it up in preseason game number one. I think it's way too early. It's one preseason game. There were some mistakes here and there in coverage. He was even called for an illegal contact uh, penalty, even though it was declined by the, by, the L, uh, by the Denver Broncos. But my point is that with Jordan Lewis taking you know some time away because of the hamstring, if it is indeed something to be worried about or if it is indeed something to miss time because... It really just boosts that battle. Kelvin Joseph and Sean Wright project kind of more like outside cornerbacks, but now they will get a chance at getting some reps on the inside at nickel cornerback because the Cowboys were hoping for Jordan Lewis to be that guy. What if he takes a little bit more time getting back? What if he is not ready for week one? Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is August 17th, so the regular season is not that close. Even if it's a two-week injury, he is at risk of not being ready, right, for, for week one. So it's a very thin margin for the Dallas Cowboys regarding Jordan Lewis. We will see a lot of reps maybe from Nashawn uh, Wright, from Kelvin Joseph, Deron Bland. And I think it would be fun to figure out who can do the best job on the inside. We've, maybe we've seen more reps from him on the outside, but now they're going to work at nickel and it's going to be a fun battle to watch i think it's been a fun battle to watch throughout camp even though at times we've been frustrated by kelvin joseph by nashawn right but we've only seen one preseason game now marvin jones says don't discount kelvin joseph i believe the looming unpaid suspension is weighing on his mind once that's behind him i believe we'll see the best of kelvin joseph now I like this comment from Marvin Jones. Here's why. I feel kind of the same way. I think a lot has happened this year for Kelvin Joseph. A lot of complicated stuff. We didn't know if at one point he was going to be released very early in the offseason when news broke about his involvement in a, you know, in a lethal shooting. He was in the car. You know the story. And at the end of the day, and I'm going to set the off-the-field question aside because the point is he is with the team 
and the team is moving on in that fashion. Knowing that, it's kind of difficult for me to forget that we've seen good stuff from Kelvin Joseph before. Last year, for example, he uh, he played very very little time, but when he was out there on the playing field, we saw how sticky he could be in man-to-man -man coverage. We saw what he could do in press coverage. Maybe it was a very small sample size of reps, but we saw them. So he is, you know, trending downwards this offseason, no doubt about that. But I do agree with Marvin that I do kind of wonder, can he bounce back once there's more peace of mind in his, uh, well, in, in his mind, right? Toxic Tom says, Mo, where is Kelvin Joseph in the mix? Is he even in the running for cornerback four? I can tell you what, if, if the performance is there, he will definitely be in the running for cornerback four. That is why he is still on the team at the end of the day. Uh, once more, I do believe he's been trending downward, and I think there is no way we can uh, we can deny that. But there's going to... Uh, there, Kelvin Joseph still has a chance. Let's see how the preseason plays out. Let's see how, you know, now that they're going to get more reps, they're likely, I should I should say likely, they're likely going to get more reps inside as well. We, we will learn a lot more from these cornerbacks. And, you know, the guy that picked off Justin Herbert in one-on-ones today might even have a shot at it. He might be a surprise candidate at earning a role at nickel cornerback because the Cowboys have played him a lot like that. I'm talking about safety, Israel Mukwamu. We talked about him last night on my 53-man roster projection. You can check that out if you didn't yesterday. But he's on the roster bubble. He played 70% of snaps in the preseason game number one versus the Broncos. And a lot of those snaps were at nickel. So the Cowboys are trusting him or want to see more from him in these situations. And he could definitely be a surprise riser if they get him involved in, in these reps. So I like Easy's chances at making the 53-man roster, as Rene is saying on YouTube. I know that it's not anything that's given, though. Looking forward to seeing how how he how he fares in the next couple of weeks if you and i've said this for even before the preseason started when we had that show in which we pointed towards four players to watch in the preseason i believe number one on my list was israel mukwamu or maybe he was uh number two or something like that but really really uh looking forward to seeing how he fares in the next couple of weeks he could make it and with the cowboys set to play a lot of three safety looks, you might need more than four safeties. Chances are the Cowboys will find a way to carry five of them. And that's where I see Easy Mukwamu just fitting into the Cowboys roster even more so, even more so than, you know, Tyler Coyle. And, and even more so if Mukwamu is going to get those reps at nickel cornerback. Let's see. Uh, Craig says Israel played great today. He had an interception. He did and on one-on-ones, which is always more impressive. One of the main topics for some reason, I found that uh, kind of funny. I, I mean, I get it. Maybe it, ha it, it is happening because of Trevon Diggs. But Cowboys Nation has been talking a lot about one-on-ones drills uh, this year. And they've always been 
supposed to favor the receiver. For some reason, it's been a big conversation in Cowboys Nation this season. I believe it's because of the Trevon Diggs storyline. Might be wrong, but yeah. Uh, so if you pick off the quarterback in those drills, that means you did a heck of a job. And in that particular interception by Easy, you can see the length. You, he was drafted because of arm length. His arm length is pretty insane. He, he probably just like and visualizing the picture of Israel Mukwamu on the playing field. I'm guessing his arm length is kind of in the 97th percentile or something like that. I'm opening up. Yeah, man. <laughs> 98th. No, 99th percentile for Izzy Mukwamu in terms of arm length, according to Mock Draftable. Have you like you look at the pictures of him playing ball and it looks insane. And hey, the numbers back it up. 99th percentile, according to mockdraftable.com. Those charts are amazing. I know that makes me sound like a nerd, maybe, but I enjoy looking at those charts so much. I think Izzy makes it. Plus, plus, you know, great guy. We had him on primetime a few months ago, and it was an amazing interview. If you guys have not uh, seen it, go check it out. Easy's a pretty cool guy to talk to. We'll see if he makes it. Uh, Joey Bella says, Mauricio, did you see the video of Gallimore? Man, the one that Patrick Nosey Walker tweeted out was very good. Uh, he just destroys his man. And what I like the most is that He's probably not the lower the lower man when when he first, you know, at the point of contact, but he adjusts really quick and he gets the better of his man pretty quickly. So yeah, I saw that clip. It was pretty impressive. Let's see some of your comments before we move on into the stat of the week. Let's see. Toxic Tom says, Mo, you left in a hurry last night, but I noticed no good win. I take it he's cut and curious who is your special teams players. Yeah, I left Goodwin off my projection last night. It was a tough cut. It really was. It has to do with the Mukwamu conversation. Actually, you know, you need those five safeties, I, I believe. I, I would find it very surprising if Dallas heads into the season with only four safeties. And then you've got Kevante Turpin. And by the sounds of it, uh, you know, according to the coaching staff's comments, the front office's comments, Turpin is making it into the fifth man roster. So I think you can, you, you probably can only keep one of those two, Turpin or, or, or Goodwin. I like Goodwin. I think that the Cowboys like Goodwin, but I've been surprised as, as to how the Cowboys have talked about uh, Turpin, and I find it difficult for them to, to stick with so many of those, especially because I'm not sure I'm buying that Turpin will be that involved on offense. I was surprised at the very low snap count that he had in the in the game versus the Broncos. We'll see if that increases, but it was very low. Turpin's snap count was very low. And if he's only going to be this gadget kind of player, then he, he better play a lot in special teams, I guess. It's going to suck, though, uh, losing out Goodwin. Uh, might be wrong on that one. The Cowboys do like him. John Fassel probably loves him. We'll see if he makes it back. I, I didn't know how to interpret that Goodwin had three special team snaps last week. I don't know if it was a matter of just resting him like you would 
plenty of starters like the Cowboys did actually they, they rested a lot of starters on offense and on defense but special teams is different Goodwin had three of those snaps I don't know if it was about taking care of him or if it was the other way around let's see what the guys that could take Goodwin's job have uh, someone should ask about that maybe yeah those of those who are out there in in Dallas or in training camp Let's see. Mm. Marvin Jones, did you hear? And then after this, we can move on into the into the Freeman stat of the week. But Marvin Jones says, did you hear Nate Newton's comments about a left guard position? He believes Tyler Smith performed thirdly versus Denver and feels McGovern should be the starter. I disagree. I didn't hear Nate Newton's comments. I would be interested in hearing why. I was I, I wrote about Tyler Smith though uh, this morning because Arif Hassan from The Athletic put together a recap of the 32 first round draft picks in this year's class, and he tried to recap how each of them is faring in the preseason, and he did mention that the McGovern Tyler Smith battle is genuine in Dallas. It might be guys. It, I am. Leaning towards believing that Tyler Smith is your starter in week one. But also, I cannot say that I would be shocked if it happens the other way around. If McGovern ends up starting. Because there's been some good and there's been some bad regarding Tyler Smith. So, you could see the Cowboys not wanting. And we've touched on this uh, a couple of months ago or a few months ago. You could see the Cowboys not wanting to throw Tyler Smith versus Vita Vea, for example, in week one. Uh, Vita Vea, and I forget who the other guy is, the, the other defensive tackle that they've got there in Tampa. And then you're facing a couple of other quality defensive tackles in week two versus the Bengals. And then you're getting the Rams with Aaron Donald. And then you're getting uh, the Eagles, of course, at some point early in the season. So you could see them wanting to take it easy but I still lean towards Tyler Smith winning that battle. I think that saying that Tyler Smith's game was terrible, though, is, is kind of uh, extreme, though. I think it was a good game for Tyler Smith. There were some negatives. There were plenty of negatives. So much that I could see someone believing otherwise, but terrible is kind of an overstatement, I would say, for sure. Oh, Akeem Hicks. Thank you, Toxic Tom. Yeah, he's with the box. That is right. They got him uh, kind of late in the offseason, but they did. Anyways, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week. Here we go. Cowboys Stat of the Week presented to you by FreemanMazda.net. We will be doing this every Wednesday night. And tonight's stat is regarding no other than linebacker, pass rusher, and do it all, Micah Parsons, because shout out to ADC Sports Film Room Analyst James Foster. He tweeted out the pressure rates for NFL players since 2016. There has been nobody with a highest pressure rate than your guy, Micah Parsons. He had a 23% pressure rate last year as a rookie. That ranks for the very best since 2016. And 
What's even more interesting is the fact that the Marcus Lawrence is second on the list, the 2017 version of the Marcus Lawrence. And, you know, with Micah, we're talking about a 23% pressure rate. You know what number two is on this list? 19%. It's insane what Micah Parsons has been able to do in just one year with Dallas. And a lot of people have been acting like the league will catch up to Micah Parsons. I think there's very little reason to believe that. Sure, as I've said before on primetime, some teams will figure out that what makes Micah Parsons so good is his speed. But it's not like just knowing that will allow you to block the guy. You will need to match that speed. And Micah Parsons is also showing some technique in his pass rush repertoire. Micah is out there winning multiple ways. And he's doing it again in training camp, in the preseason. Of course, uh, contact is not the same right now than it will be once the regular season comes around. But it's insane to me to, uh, that some people still believe that Michael Parsons will be figured out in 2022. I think we have very little reason to believe that. I fully expect Michael Parsons to remain one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and one of the candidates for defensive player of the year. And Micah is going to have some counter moves. So don't expect Micah to just... Uh, depend on his speed 100% of the time. Now, let me ask you guys, let me ask you in the comments from 1 to 10, what is your confidence level on Michael Parsons maintaining his level of dominance? Let me know your confidence level and why you do that. And before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda that are bringing this Cowboy Stat of the Week to you because they're right of the week is the M5 Miata Grand Touring. It's got a two-liter Skyactiv G4 cylinder engine. It takes care of you with a lane departure warning assist feature, automatic climate control, black leather interiors, high-end sports car performance, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 in the city and 35 in the highway. Now, don't take, just don't take my words. Go into freemanmazda.net, check out the interiors of this vehicle because, man, it is a pretty, pretty car. So make sure you go out there and check it out on freemanmazda.net. And thank you to them for sponsoring the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week. Michael Parsons, 23% pressure rate. That's the best mark since 2016. How about that, man? Let's see some of your comments, though, here. Uh, let's see some of your comments. Confidence level. On Micah. I love these answers, man. 10, 10, 100. Defensive player of the year, says Rene. Uh, 10 for Jeffrey. Jason Renfro says 10. I don't know how to read this number from Tommy915, but there's a lot of zeros in there. 23 says Joey Vela. I like that, Joey. I like that. Uh, 8.99. Correct, goes with eight, Francisco with 10. Yeah, man, honestly, I will go with 10. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he will maintain that 23 pressure rate, 23% pressure rate, but I am fully confident on Micah. I am, and this obviously will sound like an overstatement, but it's honestly how I feel. 
trying to be as unbiased as possible. It's honestly how I feel. I will say it. I don't think that I've seen, and you guys know this, I am 23 years old. So maybe I didn't see a lot of the greats, but that's precisely my point. For me and for a lot of young generation of fans in Dallas, I don't think I've seen a player that I look at and I can think this guy will end his career as one of the very greatest at his position, at what he does. I really believe that's what's ahead for Michael Parsons, man. That's how talented he is. That's how insane he his level of play is. I know we've only seen one year from him. I know it's a rookie season. But man, he is special. The guy is special. And the guy is doing new things as well. So he is kind of this hybrid player that does a little bit of everything. I'm excited about Micah's future. So yeah, solid 10. I think that he will be able to maintain that, uh, that level. So yeah, let's see. I'm confident because of the way Dan Queen uses him. Will be hard to figure out for the offensive line where Micah Parsons is coming from. And you will get Anthony Barr on the other side. And you will get these crazy looks that Dan Quinn will keep throwing offenses ways. And, you know, to the point in which, say Dan Quinn gets a job next year as a head coach, I, I, would, like to, I, I would like the Cowboys to center their decision as to who would they bring in for a defensive coordinator around Micah. That's that's the one question in my interview. If you are, if the Cowboys end up looking for a defensive coordinator next year, the one question that interview is based on is, what's your plan for number eleven? What are you going to do with Micah? If it is not a satisfactory answer, you're not the guy, Paul. You're not that guy, right? And it could even lead to the Cowboys just promoting George Edwards because he's been here. He, he knows what Dan Quinn's plan is like for Micah and for these hybrids that the Cowboys have. I think that if we kind of look and, and think about the one-year future, uh, you definitely have to say that George Edwards is one of the top candidates just based on that just based on giving this defensive unit some continuity. And of course, you could make Dan Queen head coach. I don't know how I would feel about that. I, I like the, the Dan Queen defensive coordinator version. Yeah, we'll see, man. That's going to be interesting, but don't worry. We don't have to stress out about losing Dan Queen just yet. Let's just enjoy the 2022 season. Tommy915 says, you give 11 whatever contract he wants. Just give him a blank check and let him fill it out. Actually, you know what? Let Michael Parsons choose his defensive coordinator. I'm only uh, 10% kidding there. Joey Bella, you think Roquan Smith is below average? Oh, they're having a Roquan Smith uh, debate, I believe, in the YouTube chat. Toxic Tom says, Mo, were your parents even together the last time the Cowboys were relevant? I think they're still relevant, but I know what you mean, Toxic Tom, and to answer your question. Yeah, they were. They were for a while, actually. I think for like maybe like 10 years. Uh, yeah, they married young, I believe. 
All right, Michael Parsons' stats will come back a little due to his greatness defensive coordinators, is Darren Lewis, uh, are not going to let him be Godzilla again. Whew. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, <laughs> Tommy915 there, man. <laughs> Anyways, that was the stat of the week. Let's move on. Let's close this show by talking about Quinton Wohanna's tweet. Man, this made my day. So David Hellman, the GOAT, David Hellman tweeted out an observation today on, uh, on Big Bo taking the vast majority of reps as the first team one technique. And Cowboys Nation has had, has had this conversation a lot this offseason. Who is the most likely to make the roster, right? Uh, Bohana, Ridgeway, will Quinton make it back into the 53 the question for me to you guys is, truth or false, Quinton will be a part of the 53-man roster. And for those of you who missed it, uh, this, has been, this has since been deleted. Lucky for us, we took a screenshot on time. And not because I thought he was going to delete it. I, just, I was just sending it into a group chat. But this is, this is what Quinton had to say about David Hellman's observations. TF, you think I'm a scrub. And then the laughing emoji. Man, I, I laughed so hard at a Quinton Wohana replying to this tweet. Uh, David Hellman's tweet reads, I try, to not, I try not to make too much of practice rotations, especially at a rotation-heavy position like D-line, but it's impossible not to notice how much time Quinton Wohana spends as a first-string one technique. And then just Quinton says, TF, you think I'm a scrub. And then he deleted it. And I don't think Big Bo is watching primetime right now, but let's hypothetically assume that he is. Big Bo, my man, the only thing that you did wrong here was deleting the tweet. You shouldn't have deleted the tweet. Now, of course, this is just some uh, playful. This is a playful jab from Quinton Vohana. I'm sure that he is very well aware how much of a good dude David Hellman is. But I still laughed a lot. I thought that was funny as hell. And I wanted to share it with you in case some of you uh, missed it. Say it, Moses, Tommy915. No, I don't, think, I don't think I can say that one, Tommy. Uh, hey, look at this. We've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, including Jason Renfro, uh, seven. We've got about seven consecutive truth answers for the truth or false question on Quinton making the 53-man roster. If I had made, and I think at some point I did, if I had made this very same question a couple of weeks ago, maybe even like three weeks ago, the answers would have been way different. And you know it. Uh, you guys know that one. Because John Ridgway was getting a lot of support. Like, even from myself, at one point, I thought, you know what? Ridgway might have the edge in this battle. Now, they both could make it. In my projection, I cut John Ridgway. It's a tough battle at defensive line right now. There are, there are several guys that are worth a spot. And you're going to have to cut some of them, maybe. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream. If you are watching 
on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about primetime. Check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. We've got a lot of Cowboys articles in there every single day. We're talking about news, opinion, analysis, all of it on adzsports.com slash Dallas. If you want to do some scouting on some other teams, there's a lot of cities out there now. There's a lot of teams you can read on at ADZ Sports, so make sure you check that one out. Hit the like button. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live Sunday, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, no, Sunday through Thursday. I was right the first time at 8 p.m. Central. So I will see you tomorrow to close out the primetime week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Adios. Thank you.